Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Asonics? What the fuck, Tuplets? I, you look, it doesn't matter. How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm excited today because, well, it's it's yesterday, but you're listening to it today. But it rained yesterday in Los Angeles in the middle of the night. And once I realized the city wasn't being bombed or or, uh, or it wasn't an earthquake, it was just thunder and um, it's just astounding thunder and weird lightning and then just a downpour and anytime water pours from the sky onto the southern california ground i'm fucking ecstatic because it just feels like everything is kindling waiting to be ignited when i just looked outside when i looked outside at first it was just lightning and i'm like oh this is it everything's gonna catch on fire the whole goddamn thing's gonna go up and then the water just came down Oh, I d- it took everything I had not to go outside and dance around in the rain. Well, the primary obstacle was not being struck by lightning naked in my yard and wet. But uh, so exciting. And the ground just sucks it up, just absorbs it like an old sponge that hasn't been, uh, hasn't had water in it for a year or at least for a decade. Just an old dry sponge. And my friend Dan and I, Dan from Gimme Gimme, we had a, a hike planned at 7.30 and was still kind of raining. We're like, fuck it, let's go. Get up on that mountain. It's all wet. And all the green stuff that's kind of hung in there is all green, real green. And even the wet kindling, that's what it all smells like. That's what LA, LA smells like after it rains. Dusty, wet kindling. Because that's what it is. But I was thrilled. I was thrilled that it fucking rained. Oh, God, I can't even tell you. Today on the show, Dana Gould is here. You know, he was like on during the first year of the podcast. And then he's been back for a couple of short ones over the years. But, you know, I just saw him recently up in Vancouver and we sat down and we talked over breakfast. It was me and him, James Adomian. It was just like old timers now, just, you know, contemporaries. And we just had a good time, got some laughs telling old Boston stories. And I just thought, like, why not? Let's have him on. He's also someone who thinks about comedy a lot, and he's a good person to uh, to talk to about the evolution of comedy, which is sort of a topic going on with me right now. So uh, so I had old Dana back. 
I had him back. Look, I'll be in Las Vegas. You hear me? Las Vegas, Nevada on Friday and Saturday, July 15th and 16th at Wise Guys. In Los Angeles, I'll be at Dynasty Typewriter for two shows, Saturday and Sunday, July 23rd and 24th. I'll be at Just for Laughs in Montreal for my gala on Saturday, July 30th. I'll also be doing solo shows up there on July 28th and 29th. More to come on those. Then I've got tour dates coming up in August and September in Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, Lincoln, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa, Tucson, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, Boulder, Colorado, Toronto, Ontario, correct? You can go to WTFpod.com slash tour for all uh, all dates and ticket info. The last time I talked to you was before my Charleston show, which went great. It was kind of a crazy show, right? Am I right to think I didn't talk to you? Because I recorded on Sunday for Monday, right? Yeah, before the Charleston show, which was Sunday night, which was Father's Day. And it was a very crazy show. Some guy brought his 13-year-old kid to the show, and I could see almost everybody in the room. And that can go either way. But I, I told him right out of the gate that it was not very responsible parenting and that I'm not going to like pull any punches. And then I made fun of his father relentlessly, which I think he enjoyed. The father was a real fan of mine, but still a little bit irresponsible. And then at some point he left during the show, and I was like, "Does do you need someone to take you home? Are you okay? Is this situation okay for you? I think your father's probably out front crying on the phone to your mother. How did that end? That kind of stuff. It's, it's, is there anyone here from Child Protective Services? So it was a good time. A lot of fun riffing with the child in the room. But it's a difficult balance because if you draw too much attention to the kid, people are going to be self-conscious about laughing at some of this stuff. And I found out after the show, there's a guy sitting up front, older guy, not older, a little older than me, and a woman who didn't seem, who, who seemed to be sort of shocked by a lot of what I was saying, though laughing, and he seemed to be a real fan. And I took a picture with that guy after but then it turns out, and I said to the woman he's with, I said, you didn't seem to really, were you having a good time? She's like, you don't even know. And it turns out it was Nancy Mace, the Republican congresswoman from down there in Charleston, who I guess was in some hot water with the MAGA crew for uh, not uh, towing the line. But I w- I'm glad I didn't know, because I probably, you know, you know I, maybe it would have been better if I knew, but people can handle it. She got some laughs, but that show was great. And uh, I ate two dinners. I had dinner before the show at Salmon, and then after the show, I went and bought a steak, uh, me and some friends. Had a massive steak. Two dinners in Charleston. That's memorable, right? Two dinners. So look, you guys, I should tell you that in a couple weeks, we're going to be making our move to ACAST. And And what does that mean to you? Well, I'll tell you. If you listen to this show on any free podcast platforms, it means you'll still get the show exactly the way you've always gotten it. But... There will be hundreds of additional episodes for you to listen to. We're opening up our archives going all the way back to 2014. All of those episodes will be available for free. For episodes 1 to 500, those, along with all other ad-free episodes, are going to be available on ACAST+. You can buy a subscription to ACAST Plus starting Tuesday, July 5th. And once you've signed up, you'll be able to listen to all the content on whatever podcast app you currently use. You don't need a specific app for it. Also, ACAST Plus will have weekly bonus content. I'll be doing stuff for you that you can't get on the regular podcast feed. If you're a Stitcher Premium subscriber, our last day on Stitcher Premium is June 30th. So check when your subscription is up and act accordingly. 
We'll have more details next week and a preview of some of our bonus material. Yeah, I don't even know what that's going to be. So that makes it real exciting. Um, Look, if anyone's in the L.A. area and they're looking for a doggy, go to my Instagram feed. That's at Mark, M-A-R-C, Marin, at Mark Marin. Um, My friend Kit works over there, Pasadena Humane, and there's a a doggy named Mimi over there that we'd like to get her adopted this Saturday because there's free adoptions this Saturday over at Pasadena Humane, I think between 10 and 2. Check it out. Go to my Instagram. See the doggy. It's a part pit bull doggy. Really great looking doggy. Someone wants a doggy. Look. What is truth? Right? I keep thinking, like, I've been working on these new ideas around people who, like, I didn't think I'd live in a culture or in a world where you kind of pick your truth like you pick a radio station. You know, like, I kind of like country truth. I'm more of a hip-hop truth guy. I'm a classic rock truth person. Uh, But no, I just this idea that obviously that's not what truth is. And, you know, you just prefer what makes you comfortable and what satisfies whatever your particular perception or context of understanding of whatever you think reality is. And you kind of, you know, lock that in, that template onto your dumb, mushy brain. And then you act from that place online in the uh, untrue world. Of, uh, of of cowardice and attack or, or concern or whatever it is. But I just started to, to think about the idea of what truth really is and where we're really at. And it's, it, it, it's I just had an encounter with a comedian last night, you know, who's a big comic. And he said, th- we think differently. And he said something interesting. He said, like, yeah, I can't live in that place that you're talking about. And I can't, t- I can't think and live in a place where there are no solutions. And I realized that's sort of why people put caps on you know what their sense of reality is why they have to have answers whether they're belligerent or 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 embracing that there's this need for control there's this tremendous fear of the unknown that fuels you know most of the tribalism and most of the speculative bullshit that is kind of destroying our culture from the inside it's all around fear of some kind fear of the unknown and uh one's inability to live with it or accept the fact that things are dire or or disastrous and there might be no getting out of it. So why not instead go like, fuck that guy, fuck them, fuck you. You're the other team, fuck this. There's no growth or proactive movement in that shit. But it really stemming from quote unquote truth, what is that really to you? What is your truth and what information are you taking in to sort of create a value system for yourself. I don't know. I, I just had this weird train of thought with it. I'm very happy Dana Gould is here. It's going to find its way into the act. Um, Dana has a web series called Hanging with Dr. Z. You can watch it at hangingwithdrz.com or check it out on YouTube. We talk very little about any of his work. Uh, we talk like comics talk. That's what comics do. 
So this is me talking to Dana Gould. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I th- it was fun when we uh, hadn't seen you in a while. We were in Vancouver because when we when I sat down with you and we started talking, I realized like, oh, we're, we're the old guys. Yeah, but we're <laughs> but you know we're having that conversation. Like, do you remember? Sure, sure. And it was real. I mean, there really is that much time now. Yes, to, I thirty years, forty years, forty. Or, I started doing stand up comedy July June seventeenth, nineteen eighty two. Yeah, two weeks out of high school. Yeah, at the Dang. Yeah, ho, and uh, yeah, forty years. It's crazy, and it it's, was fun to think about them and to have those moments. You're like, oh, what happened? Now? Yeah, is that yeah. guy still around? Yeah. <laughs> And you just get it for, like, you do at a certain point, you just get a reward for not dying. Sure. And how many people in, in the world have, uh, you, you, you know, in terms of at any given time said, you know, Cybele's dead. Oh, you know, he's, yeah. Or, or like, and I listened to my dad, like, he's got the big C. <laughs> Your dad's the big C? Guy. No, he, he would say, like, if somebody yeah, yeah, died yeah. of cancer, how do you die? The big C. Yeah, yeah. Or, or diabetes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got sugar. Yeah. Oh, sugar? Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. This is right. Is yeah. he, your dad's not around, is he? No, the, here's the, okay, here's the weird thing. Uh, no, my dad is around. He's 91 and he still drives himself. Yeah. Uh, my mom is, uh, as my dad would say, has one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. Yeah. Um, she's, she, um, my mother is in a, is in a bed from which she will not get up. Uh, uh, she has had, uh, she's 88. She's had dementia for uh, oh several God. years. So, it, it, how did it go? My dad just started, and we're all pretty excited. We don't know what's. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you how we, let me tell you, Christmas is a breeze. <laughs> Everything's sort of a breeze. Hope isn't you it? like, hope you like the diamond necklace. The what? <laughs> um, it, and it's very, you know, it's been so long. Yeah. You know, I've, since it really uh, head on, I've only had one conversation with her where she knew who I was. Really? Yeah. So, and it was very, very strange. And Kat, my my fiance, witnessed it, and I'm really glad she did because I would have eventually not believed that it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, you know, so so in a way, it's you're being slow walked to the funeral, and right. I don't mean to be morbid. I yeah. mean, like I'm. It, it's okay, my brother. Okay, I'll give you. A, I'll give you an example of the attitude in my family. It's so funny. I, I don't think that a younger you would have said that. <laughs> no. I don't mean to be more. I yeah. do mean Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and, but here's an hour. <laughs> um, and at the end of it, I'll breathe once. Yeah. Yeah. My my brother, you know, so she's yeah. she's 
had she broke her hip she's stopped eating yeah. you know and um she's only awake for a little bit during the day so no one is uh right buying her any green bananas right and uh my brother i see my my phone rings two days ago and it's i see it's my brother and i go like okay here it it's is time yeah. yeah and i pick up the phone yeah. and he literally goes ma's not dead got a minute <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah, what's it? And then he tells me, he tells me what he needed to tell me. And he goes, oh yeah, I should have told you for dad died. Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> and 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 it's so funny because my brother, when it all, it's so funny because with my brother, it's all there's nothing under the surface. It's all right there. Oh, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I go like, you know, um, uh, I go, so what's going on? And he, he literally said, not trying to be funny, you know, mom and I were never close. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just his way of going. I'm not going to feel anything. <laughs> I'm not going to feel anything. I'm not going to cry. What do you think you're going to feel? Like I talk to people because, like, I told my mother they're not together about the dementia. She goes, "Well, he was never really round." Sure. Yeah. 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 It's it's just they, dementia is just like official. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. But the thing is, his spouse. There's all this shit you don't hear about. I mean, I don't. I, I don't oh, know at the yeah, beginning sure. that you, your mother like my dad will like focus. And he'll put on a show, but he's at the stage of dementia where, you know, he she basically tells him what to say in any conversation. Like, right. did you go to the movies? Yeah, we wait, Rosie. What we what was the movie? Yeah, we saw that one. What was that about? Yeah, so he's yeah, and he's it like ventriloquism stage. Yeah, it was it was like the the, the it was like the Bob Hope special I did in '94. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see. He had an earpiece. His yeah. daughter was giving him his lines through his earpiece. How are we? How are you? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. The, that thing, I, the, the way you talk about that particular event, it's it's almost, it seems like one of the more traumatic events of your life. <laughs> like, it's something you go back to for decades. He did. The, he did. It was like performing with a cast member of the Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Just the grotesquery of it. it. No. And he had those, God bless him, he had those sad, sick monkey eyes. Like oh, this, where you this, could see the red? Yeah, yeah. Like, you could see oh. more red than I. Yeah. It was really, it was just like, oh time, God. Bob, time to stop. And that's why Johnny Carson retired. Yeah. He didn't want to become Bob Hope. Yeah. He didn't want to become Bob Hope. Is that really why? It's what he said. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't. He, he, and you can see in those last appearances, he must have been relieved he that Bob hated, Hope can. Carson just, hated him. Yeah, yeah, because he'd just show up. He'd just show up, and then and then towards the end, it's like, well, "How are you, Bob? Yeah, how about huh? Decaf." <laughs> you know, it's like, "What?" And then, but you carry it, Johnny. I don't know. Um, but but to the to the point, yeah. and, and again, yeah, like I, I'm. It's a very strange time in 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 life when your your parents are. I could take them both. Physically in mm -hmm. a comp in, in I would just take a pillow and yeah, you might yeah or even clo <laughs> close combat or grappling sure I could, sure. <laughs> you could probably uh, outrun them and they die yeah although my my father and I my everyone is still afraid of my dad really yeah oh yeah that's how we gauge his health how's dad he could still kill you <laughs> um it's very true very true you think um, he could yes but just with the, some sort of cobra mind fuck or physically no yeah physically like oh, he's wow. just he's. He's Gran Torino. Uh, I, I, I oh, say it's okay. like yeah, yeah, I watch yeah. Gran Torino with my dad, which was like watching King Kong with a gorilla. It's just pretty <laughs> redundant. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm getting I'm getting married again when I didn't think I would even get be in a relationship again. Yeah. And, and my oldest daughter 
started college last year and I had to deal with like a kid leaving home. So it's a yeah. is what what you realize is like I thought I was done, but I'm also I'm part of it is done and part of it is starting all over again. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. A very, yeah, it's I, a very strange feeling. I don't have those markers. I don't have children as markers. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. better off as the old, the old. Well, no, I mean, joke. like uh, the stuff I, the the material I do about it is like I don't see myself aging because I don't, I don't have kids. I think right. if you have kids, you can kind of see yourself dying in them. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Just no, of, that's true. We're, the, Happy birthday! I'm dying, Dad. You said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. When your parents die, it's like, well, I'm next. Yeah. Also, like the feeling of uh, not having parents. I, I don't know. I've a, I don't. But you think a lot. I have a lot of time to think without the kids. But right. you're starting this whole other period of life, and I'm sort of like, what do I do? I just go away now. Oh no, totally. I, that was my concern. I no. Well, you're in. As long as you stay in the world, I know. But it's like, but, great. but there is something. There's part of you that's pulling you out of it. Like you, you kind of want to be like, do I want to stay in the world? Oh no, I'm completely. Staying. I would love to live in a utterly encapsulated fantasy world where it's 1966 yeah and uh that's interesting you know just like it's just like a great year for pop culture and was it like yeah you know yeah just the music was really good (laughs) and tv was interesting you know i dream a genie and perry mason just the stuff that we watched as kids like sure because we didn't you know we grew up watching old stuff the old stuff because it was reruns it was like yeah it's weird we were not how old are you I'm 57. Yeah, we're the same age. It's a yeah. weird missing. We're that weird generation where we got all the leftovers. Yeah, and and all of a sudden, then then disco and new wave happened. Yes, yes, exactly. And we didn't really. We were too young to really call the Beatles and the right. Stones our own. Right. Even um, Zeppelin. We were too late. For yeah, fucking we're too late Zeppelin. for that. We, and, when we were coming, it was like Toto and Foreigner and the Nuge. Yes. And then punk rock didn't even make it to me. Well, punk rock didn't make it, yeah, not to me either until like the until I went to college. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird generation. And then like if you lived, you grew up where? The middle of Massachusetts, Hopedale, Massachusetts. Well, yeah, you had those TV stations that ran the Stooges and the Bowery Boys. Yeah, 30, and like... 38 and 56. <laughs> <laughs> but here's like, but what now, like in terms of, like during the pandemic, because, like, you've done a lot of things, and the last time we talked, like, thoroughly about stand-up was a long fucking time ago. Yeah, it was. Well, like, it was, like, 10 years ago yeah. or something. Yeah, And, like, a, a lot has happened, and I talked to Proops the other day about shit. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I was just picking his brain, because I'm, I'm sort of uh, strangely- You, hum- me, and Proops could do the Sunshine Boys. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm, I'm almost there, and I'm a Jew. I we helped. remember getting paid in cash. Sure, sure, at, at weird bars. I remember yeah. running out of a, a bar in Fall River that Mike Clark booked <laughs> because I knew we were going to get robbed. Sure. I was, oh, yeah. with, uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and the guy was paying me at the bar in cash, and I looked down the bar, and there are two dudes with that look. So yeah. I got the cash, and I said to my girlfriend, I said, walk to the door and then run. run. <laughs> yep. Sure. I remember being in North Carolina or South Carolina at the end of the week being yeah. uh, white or green. What is that? Cocaine Checker. or cash. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, 88. Did you go, go with the cash? Here? I went with the cash. Yeah. <laughs> to, quote, to quote the late, great uh, Bob Lazarus, because I wanted to own things. <laughs> yeah. Who is that guy that, did you do the impression of, uh, oh no, that was Andy Kidworth, the impression of Rick Kearns? Yeah, uh, no, yeah. that wasn't me. <laughs> the, the, the the headliner asked for an advance. You know, uh, can, can I get an advance on my on my money for the weekend? 
He said, how much do you need? Well, how much does an eight ball in this town? (laughs) (laughs) It was insane. And like you try to explain it to people like the road in the in the 80s. Did you read that Sam Talent book? No. Oh, you got to read it. What's it called? Running the Light. He's a comic from Denver and he wrote this book. Oh, my God. No, I have to read about a road comic uh, of that generation. Oh, I have to read. Dude, it's it's great. Do you know the John Fox story about which one? John Fox or or another John was yeah. having sex with a waitress in the club, and she said, "In the heat of passion, screw me, you comedy motherfucker." <laughs> that's that's exactly the sentiment. That's the love that, that that the waitress has had for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I tried to explain to people, especially being in Boston in that era. I've never done cocaine ever in my life. I've seen more cocaine done than the Eagles roadie. I mean, to be in Boston in that period of time, it was... The back room at Nick's. It was madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People with pinwheel pupils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like, just... Yeah, yeah. And they're all... Some of them are still alive, but not many. No. Not many. And really brilliant... Really brilliant guys and really nice guys. Yeah. My my favorite story is that one about... uh, that that one, I don't know. They attributed to John Fox, the guy who gets the bloody nose on stage. That's one of my favorite stories. I don't know this. You know, like like he's just doing his bit, and all of a sudden the audience stops laughing and they're looking at him with <laughs> shock, and he realizes that his, his nose is bleeding, and he he touches his nose, he sees the blood, and he looks at the audience and goes, "What? Doesn't anyone party anymore?" <laughs> <laughs> That that sort of self insulated like you know. Like, I remember being backstage at Nick's watching Sam Kennison do like three oof. four inch rails. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Go into the men's room, throw up. Yeah. Come out and go. If you don't throw up, you're not doing it right. Oh, and yeah. then go on stage. And, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. We and, and I meanwhile at that point in my life was like, maybe I should stop eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> so eyes on the prize. <laughs> so, but when I talked to you before, though, like I mean, how do you feel? Like I'm, I'm very hung up on 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 something. I and I the the way I talked about it with Greg was I just said like, did we lose? Oh yeah, you, you know like uh, yes yes. In answer to your question. <laughs> but what? But like, why? Do, what are you feeling when you like go out there in terms of like? Uh, because there, there's a lot of things going on, and I, and I. Oh, and you I was, put it really well. To use your own words, yeah. We have two things going on now. We have people that are doing comedy shows, and, and there people are people that are doing, doing comedy rally. rallies. Yeah. yeah, that was really that was really well. But observed. what happened to the site? Because it seems like there's still like. Why did you go back out? I mean, there was a period there where you were like, I'm not going to really. Yeah. Like you didn't really didn't, focus on it. Not at all. I was uh, I was writing on a show. I was newly married, bought a house, had kids, had a day job writing. People thought I was writing on The Simpsons, so people thought I was a genius. Uh, yeah. It didn't matter that I wasn't. No, but uh, you, you were. The, you are like one of the best comics ever. Oh, you're very sweet. No, but I believe that. I, uh, you know, like when people talk about you, like I when I used to watch you, I here's what I used to say: It's like he can do it all. <laughs> he can he can do voices on stage. <laughs> Stage. It's a very different situation. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, but but there was professional were, comedian. But you were generating person. all this stuff, and you know we we come from a similar place where you know we can't hide a certain amount of darkness. Right. And you know, like I don't think I was ever going. You know, despite like when I really think about uh, my limitations as an artist, I'm like, you know, I was never designed to be the big guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's hard to accept that. It is very hard to accept that. But did you? Yes. How did that go for you? Uh, 
What made you know that? Um, I well, there's a couple. There's a couple things, but it really was when I first got when I first got married. Yeah. Um, and at that point, uh, you'd done like four one man shows. Yeah, I had done a lot. I had done. I had done a lot, and um, and a lot of pilots and things. Yeah, and it's I did everything that should have happened. Right, and I had a really close call with SNL and uh, and it just kept not happening yeah and but but then I was met my first wife and I was like well this person loves me and yeah and we had a good life and I was like I'll just have a I'll just have a nice life yeah and 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 it wasn't eating at you no it it was constantly eating at me and you're on medicine too right well yeah I and that was a great thing I mean because I had serious mental health struggles yeah, yeah. up until today. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> and I'm going to say this to both of you. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, my mid thirties, yeah. probably ninety four. Yeah, uh, I, I really ninety four was when I got medicated, and it was. Uh, and as I and I'm and I I'm paraphrasing an old Kenny Rogerson joke about his sobriety. I meet people that knew me before I turned thirty, and I just blanket apology. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever happened? Whenever you have a, you saw a, me. a card you hang out like hand out like a deaf person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you I'm knew sorry, me, Carl. if you knew me before August of 1994, <laughs> please take that all with a grain of salt. Um, and uh, and I, but I did just realize, like, well, I can still do the stuff I like, and I have a little bit of, and I still love to do it. Yeah. But I'm just not gonna be that person. I'm not gonna be a movie star. Mm. And. Uh, but what about like the biggest comic? That thing? No, I just I never I never felt I was I, I, I just like okay it's not gonna it's not gonna happen but my life was much better than yeah. I thought it would yeah. be so I yeah. I, I took the trade but then having been at the Simpsons for a long time yeah. my my kids come along it uh, it really and and when I went into the Simpsons room I had had pilots i was on you know i was on letterman i had an albums i was on i guess wasn't, there, on a Seinfeld. Show, wasn't there a show like i vaguely remember a script where they the that maybe you were involved in where, where dave attell played a baby yes i wasn't involved i wasn't involved in that one oh, but you remember it i yes kind i do of. yeah 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 but but the the but i had to completely shelve all of that like i had to go into that place the Simpsons, yeah, yeah, anonymous, huh. because they didn't care, yeah, nor should they. Yeah, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, and then walking... the, but the other writers are like, you know, it's like we're here on our merits, and I was like a carnival employee. I was like a guy from the carnival that they let sit in, you know, because they didn't, they didn't understand. My whole yeah. world. Some sort of comedy pirates working with us here. Well, yeah. it galls them because, and I don't blame them because a lot of these guys are funnier than anybody on stage. Right, but they're but they're like comedy they're, mathematicians. Yeah, but the, and they're but they're not famous for right. it. But like they're every bit of as course, yeah. funny yeah. as famous people. Sure, and they kind of mm-hmm. uh, right. Yeah, right, and yeah. it's totally understandable. Sure. Um, and uh, it took a long time before I could start to 
Like so, it's all on the page. You couldn't even. So your all, all your charm powers didn't matter. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. You yeah. walked in like, hey, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I was yeah, like, naked, naked, yeah, it, just wow. naked. It, yeah, it was yeah. very difficult. Very difficult. How long did it take for them to? Uh, nine to ten, almost a year. Just to just to like that, I felt that I had earned my place there. Yeah. And I could start to just be a guy and not just the new guy and start to tell but, stories. But that's about so, but stuff. your your brain works like that. It was like the other day. I was like, uh, I was talking about that moment where I kept referring to the comics we were talking to, talking about as old monsters. <laughs> old monsters. Yes. Yeah, but but there's a sweetness to that. And then yes. you went on that riff. It's like Godzilla and and Baragon. And Baragon. <laughs> so, so you have sit out, sit, sit out, out, sit out. You have kids. <laughs> yeah, I hear you're good to your kids. <laughs> But like you took it to the next place, yeah. You know, which is uh, like sort of a, a, a Simpsony kind of trip. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after a while, several talking about years, I I had to go back because I, uh, I really felt like a part of me was missing. I was at a I was at a, a party. Yeah. Uh, and someone said, "Are you Dana Gould?" And I said, "I used to be." <laughs> and my wife went, "You got to go. You you have to stop that." You have to stop that. You have to go and yeah, go walking yeah. around like a, a a sad version of uh, defeated. Yeah, had I stayed on the show, yeah, and not left, I would have many, many millions of dollars. Yeah, and I would weigh four hundred pounds. Yeah, and I would be clinically depressed. <laughs> you sure? Yes. But so now, when does this sync up with? Is this the beginning of alt comedy, or is this after all that? Well, no, alt comedy started first, and then I went into The Simpsons right when the comedians of comedy took off. So, like when Patton and Brian and those guys started doing so that tour, when Patton began doing his version of you, <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> 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 that's when you bailed Talk out to the guy every it day it seems like there's three people that collectively are doing me <laughs> so I don't really need to be here yeah and I'm actually the worst at it yeah so I'm gonna that's go that's hilarious um, so that's interesting so but that, it was it was like it got brand it kind of got it got branded uh, but, it got branded but this was always the thing and I think I don't know if we talked about it in another time but like it, it there, most of the successful comics that came out of that scene were club comics yeah they were not they were like the alt movement which is now completely defunct it, it, but you're talking about like Andy Janine Sure, Kathy, Zach, Zach, yeah, yeah, Brian. I mean, we, we were doing comedy clubs, even Patton. I yeah. mean, we, you know, when Alt happened, we were like, well, this is a new venue, uh, and there's less drunks, and well, we Alt can process was, things. Yeah, Alt was about, it was a very punk thing. Um, was it? Because I remember yeah. hearing about it in New York, like, you know, you know, Dana's doing a bookstore. I'm like, what the fuck is happening out <laughs> there? Do we got to find a bookstore now to compete with these? Yes, things? you do. We did. Um, so many people in suede jackets writing on their hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was really, and I get in um, uh, a response to the the commercialization of the, of the improv and the comedy the stand-up store. club, the franchise. Yeah, had, like you couldn't bomb anywhere. Like. Janine went on at the improv and tried out new stuff and then get yelled at because like Jim McCauley was in the audience and right and, and he's like why are you trying to do stuff because it's called the improv I thought this is where I come to do work this. out work out yeah we just wanted a place work out yeah we just wanted a place and I remember specifically going to see 
Elvis Costello was Elvis Costello in the Rude Five. It was his band between the attractions and the imposters. Yeah. It was the Mighty Like a Rose tour in nineteen ninety one at the Universal yeah. Amphitheater, which is now Hogwarts. And looking at all the people in the audience that were my peers that I had been seeing at Elvis Costello concerts Your every year yeah. and thinking, none of these people go to comedy clubs. Yeah. We have chased them out of the clubs with a stick. Maybe, or they never went. No, they did, but it, they did. They were at open mics, but the comedy clubs by that time had been, it was like urban, sure. it was like an sure. urban cowboy bar. Well, yeah, but it was also like, you know, franchise comedy clubs created right. franchise comics. Yes. And, and, and the and, ones that transcended that were truly gifted. Those guys from the 80s that were able to come out with their own personality and point of view from yeah. that machine. Yeah. You know, they're, they're big comics and you may not like them, but they're real They're professionals deal. and they're craftsmen. Sure, and they, sure. yeah, they're, I have a lot of respect for all of those people, even the ones I don't agree with. Sure. Uh, you know, I, they're, they're, they're craftsmen. But that was just, we just wanted the place to go and try out material and to, and to talk to our audience. And our audience was in bookstores and coffee shops. And, yeah. Um, and it was just. Or, or enjoying was, music or a different type of culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the, the last place they wanted to go was a comedy club. Yeah, because it's, it, it, it was and remains sort of cheesy, a lot of them. Yeah. You know, they still sort of exist in this frozen time. Well, people forget that. That it was a the stand up comedian at that point was a parody character on SNL. Yeah. Before the show Seinfeld, they had those sketches with Tom Hanks and John Love. It's like, here she comes. Right. That was the, 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 the Seinfeld. Yeah. The Seinfeld. Yeah. It was, thing, yeah. it was a, it was a, it was to be parodied. Yeah. And we just wanted to go to some place and do real stuff and and the rule that we had at big and tall books and and uh was you had to do new stuff you couldn't do your act sure that you, yeah that's yeah. the the luna right. rule too right too and, i was one i followed right and so and 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 it's so funny because the the person that was the best at it was kathy griffin yeah like it was just like oh this has always been her style she just didn't have a venue for it uh-huh um but that was the birth of the notebook right it's like of course you had your notes with you on stage you just wrote it right and then like i think and al, then that al, became a trope al lubell really ran with it <laughs> <laughs> he's got the most legal pads and uh, <laughs> walking around in sweatpants somewhere right now with his legal pads <laughs> And you know what? And he'll Wayne, hear Wayne this. Cotter. He'll he'll hear this, and he'll come up to me out yeah. of. He'll, he'll appear like an apparition. He'll be like, "Hey, hey, hey! I, I heard you. You mentioned me to Daniel. <laughs> it was with, with love, Al. It was with, with love. <laughs> where are you living? Yeah. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, uh, there's a that's a that's a that's a real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah. Um, and and uh, but then the notebook became a trope. Like then it it never meant you're a sellout if you memorize your act. <laughs> I bring them up and I don't use them. Oh, I bring them up all the time. I, I have a note card. I don't use. I don't use. Them. I blanked on Letterman. You did? No, on Conan. On yeah. Conan. Well, that's Wes. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like I did. Ha it was like a you know the whole thing was over in three seconds. Yeah. But oh, you're doing panel? No, I was on stage. I oh, was wow. doing a bit. Yeah. And I was like, do you want bullet point? Nah. Yeah. And it was just a weird day. Like yeah. I got a ticket on the way in. Yeah. And it was like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll yeah, be fine. Yeah. And then it was like tick. Oh what? there's a tick. 
I don't know what's next. <laughs> My career's over. <laughs> no, it was. It was just, and I know uh, what it'll be like because. It was one of those things like I didn't panic because I was I was literally out of my body like this is my nightmare. Yeah, yeah. This is my yeah. nightmare. And then and then you just feel yourself leave your body and you're over in the wings going like good luck, man. Glad I'm not him. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I'm not that guy. I know that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Happens when you bomb too. Oh. Like, I'm not gonna stay here for this. It happened in the car accident. I was in a I was in a bad car but did accident. You, when with... you found the, the you got back on track though? You, you it came? Uh, I Yes, but it, it came after I said, I don't know what's next. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> and they, they were very sweet to cut it. Oh, they did. Well, they did I mean, it. well, that's well, Conan, it, Conan, Conan did say, be glad it happened here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that was, but that's the thing about, you know, you have to kind of restructure a lot of things to get that five minutes right. Yes, you're taking a lot of things out of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's, no natural flow to it. Mm-mm. You know, you got to rehearse a thing. And you're not looking at anybody. Yeah. Because you can't it? really see anybody. What happened in the car accident? Well, I was in a bad car accident with Bobcat Goldthwait a couple years ago. I heard about uh, that. Did yeah. he get really hurt? Or? We uh, we were in the backseat of a car that got T-boned very violently. That's my biggest fear, the T-boning thing. Yeah. And the thing is, we were only going from the restu- from second, the hotel- Second to T-bagging. T-bagging. Yeah, is, well, that, that, and that all depends Not on it. if you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, deliver it like fucking Johnny. Uh, that second to- T-bagging. T- yeah. T-bagging. All right, so what happened? Go ahead. Hotel to the venue, yeah. two blocks. Yeah. Ba- we're in the back seat, oh, no seatbelts. They always say that, less than a mile away. No seatbelts. I was going to sit in the front seat. And Uber? The dr- no, uh, it was a production car, but because oh. we, fil- we were going film to film the, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to sit in the front seat, and the driver's dog was in the front seat, and because I have no self-esteem, I said, now nah, I'm sitting in the back, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, so I sit in the back. Had uh, I sat in the front seat, I would, just I would not be Bobby here. and the dog. Oh, yo, you mean he would have been killed? I would have been killed. I would have been killed. The dog or, died? No, the dog was a tiny dog. It was like oh. a little uh, French bulldog, yeah, okay. and it got thrown on the floor. Yeah. I would have been killed or, or badly damaged. Oh, how about the driver? Was, driver, right? Driver's okay, but okay. The, like, the whole side of the car Whoa. just went in like that. Jesus, someone run a stop sign or what happened? Someone just, we took a left, and they just kept going and uh, hit us, moved us. Bob and I, Bob got a very bad concussion, and we broke, we hit each other so hard we broke our ribs on each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And for a good, you know, 10 seconds, yeah. my thought was, I'm going to die looking at the roof of a car. Yeah. And I wasn't, but I wasn't thinking about my loved ones or anything. I was, yeah. I was just that thought, fuck me. Yeah. The yeah, roof yeah. of a car? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then I started to breathe. I could breathe a little bit again. And uh, so, what did that tell you about you? Yeah, not a good person. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's interesting about what we're talking about. The beginning of all. I should have dieted more. It was yeah, never well, my but, <laughs> but but the idea of the alternative comedy thing. It, you know, when talking about Kathy Griffin, talking about the Uncabaret, uh, uh, what was it, Big and Tall Books? Big and Tall Books. Big and Tall and Books. Luna, and Luna, Luna Park was huge, yeah. Luna Park, right. And then, you know- That uh, was Uncabaret. And Largo? Largo, Uncabaret, that whole world. Right, Luna Park, yeah. Uh, and then New York, we just had the one place. Right. But 
like you, like I saw it as a place to workshop and learn over many years that uh, just sort of, you know, bitterness is really amplified self-pity and not everybody has it. Um, <laughs> it's not as relatable. But that's only because I have theirs. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I used to assume that like if you just dug a little deeper, you're, there's part of you that feels that you've been slighted, ripped off sure. and, uh, and your friends are terrible. Yeah. But it's not true. <laughs> well, you can be slighted. You can be slighted. Sure, but off. but it's not. It's not. But no, there's no reason to surrender that disposition. What I learned yeah. is like it was funny, but most people were sort of like that guy's in trouble. I think. Well, it's it's that, and it's also the realization that it's 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 not about you. But that's but that is but that's what I was going to say is that that's what it was about. That's what defined that entire movement was a, a self-indulgence. And I think you... Well, are, yes. But you and I have always spoken from that point of view. Like, even when I was talking to Greg, Greg is, you know, he's thinking outside of yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, we're always putting ourselves, you know, right on the fucking chopping block. Absolutely. But, but and I will quote, the best comedy advice I ever got... From? Kevin Rooney. Okay. Uh, said two things on the same night. I was opening for him in uh, Dallas, Texas, yeah. in 88. And he said, uh, it's a show. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, know they, that, they, I know that one. They know. came. Yeah. They yeah. paid money. Yeah. They're, many of them are paying babysitters yeah. so they could come here and pay money. Yeah. And you're in a light and you have a stick that makes your voice loud. <laughs> you have a responsibility. I know. It's a show. And when, then, how old were you when you heard that one? 24. Oh, well, that's a good time. And the, I don't think I really realized that until yeah. maybe a year or two ago. I know. <laughs> I well, the other one was even more important, and yeah. it was same night. Yeah. He said, uh, they want to like you. Yeah. But first, they're curious as to whether or not you like them. Hmm. And I was a better comedian the next show because I pretended to like them. Good for you. Yeah, and and you continue that, which I, I appreciate. To this day, I, and I've turned that, and I've moved that on to my to my family and children, <laughs> <laughs> because it's a show. It's a show, Mark. <laughs> and yeah, it's all a show. I, I have a, I wrote something down that I read on stage sometimes. It just says uh, gaslighting, parenting. <laughs> oh, very true. Yeah, my cat, uh, 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 my fiance, pointed out something that my nickname in my family was yeah. was Dana the Complainer. Yeah, that's good. And the th but the thing that I know that's your job. But the th well, the thing that I complained about was yeah. getting beat up. Uh huh. So it was like, so they gaslit you. Yeah, that you didn't like getting beat up, and they filed that as a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> it's like, oh, Dana doesn't want to get punched. That's true. He wants to lift his arms. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> the thing that changed me about stand-up was actually something Stuart Lee said to me. Really? Which, yeah, it was similar, though, but it was later. It was, it was on this podcast where, where it, 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 some, for some reason at the time that he said it, and I heard it in relation to who I was, where he, you know, he quit comedy for years. Uh-huh. Because he couldn't stand the, you know, what was the audience and that feeling. Yeah. And then he went back, and he realized when, when he sees somebody who's not laughing, he, and now he looks at them as like, well, oh, you made the wrong choice tonight, huh? Like, it's yeah. this isn't your show. Yeah. I'm not for you. And it's not going to work out. Yeah. But it's not a fault of mine. Right, right. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge step Yeah, for a lot of people. And we both know people... 3,000 people could be laughing, one person not laughing, and you just bore in on that. Yeah, room. and somehow you find them in the yeah. room. 
Like, what about you? Fuck me. Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's just... No, I'm sorry. It's just, I, yeah. I left something in the car. Yeah, I was like, I have a, I have a herniated disc. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It has nothing to do with you. But, like, so how do we, like... So all how that... How do we get to the route, to the com- comedy bunt rally? From well, not, well, I, I kind of see it, but, like, but like the, I think that there was some... That a lot of that because I was thinking about Mbar the other day. Somebody tweeted oh, at, at 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 Proops about how he had tanked at Comedy Death Ray and he felt awful. There was so much pressure. There was so it was so clicky and so like this uh, this thing that you had to be involved with. It was like the Studio Fifty Four of comedy at that time, yeah. and all you wanted to do was be on those stages. Yeah, and they weren't great. There was not a great room, not for me anyways. No. and I resented them. I'm like, who the fuck are you people? Oh yeah, they, sure, and. But I think it was it was all built on this false premise that this was some sort of revolutionary new movement in comedy because it just didn't it didn't hold. Everyone kind of went their own way, sure. and nobody had a strong enough point of view to take on whatever the fuck is happening now. And many of those comics, do they even do comedy anymore? What was the intention? That and and also those things are by nature finite. Yeah, punk didn't last forever either. Yeah, I know, but you got you and me for whatever reason were lifers. I don't yeah. know why. You know, and I can't explain it, but a lot of them weren't. Right. And I don't know what their agenda was or what they thought it was or what they thought of stand-up, but I think right. one of the things that this fucking tribalization is happening is all these motherfuckers, these anti-woke, you know, anti-cancel culture right. hacks right. that, you know, tell sort of open mic level gross out right. jokes yeah, yeah, yeah. and complain why they can't get work have co-opted this sort of, uh, you know, truth teller, Lenny yeah. Bruce yeah. revolutionary posture, you know, because like on there, they, there's not many of them that exist exist in real life and there's only ever been three or four of them in the history of the goddamn thing and what it is oddly it's people it's very different from from what what, what we were doing that is a comedians there are a lot of uh it's not just white guys yeah but uh you know it's like a lot of a lot of white guys feel this way a lot of people feel this way and among people some people are comedians yeah um, but what it really boils down to is people not wanting their way of life to change. People don't want to not be able to say certain things. <laughs> they don't want to have, they don't want to be, um, it, to use their word, they don't want to be censored. But it's also really, you don't, you don't want to be open to the fact that you might have to grow and change. But it's also the, just the evolution of language. We we don't say Oriental anymore. No right. one's like you know why can't I say Oriental? Right. But because they don't. It's like it's like the old guys that used to. Oh, so I can listen to a rap song and they say the N word, but I can't say it. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> they took it back. I just don't. I, yeah, I I just don't understand. Uh, you know, I I get I get that part of it, but like on our side. Like, I, I guess what I'm seeking for myself, because I watched that Carlin documentary. You watched it? I did, too. Yeah, it was and really brilliant. You liked it? I did. I liked it a lot. And I was, I was, you know, cl- uh, close to it. I actually interviewed him the same day Jon Stewart interviewed him in Aspen. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I had a passing acquaintanceship with him, but yeah. he was everything to me yeah. as a comedian. Uh-huh. Like, I was so... I so worshipped at his altar. Yeah, uh, that the fact that I liked it speaks very well of it. You know, it's sure. like, oh yeah, because I, I could have been like, oh, they left this out, right? Or, you know, they, no, I no, thought it was thorough, and, and I didn't know a lot of that stuff. And, I didn't either. And, and like, I to be honest with you, after you know, class clown and AMFM, you know, after I was a kid, you know, as a grown person, I, I kind of it wasn't that I dismissed them. I just wasn't interested because I couldn't. F- 
I couldn't feel the vulnerability in him. I, I felt that everything was very organized, very scripted, and very. Mm-hmm. And and as he got more angry, I just I don't know why I lost interest. But like now, uh, in watching the doc and seeing what he was doing, where he he just sort of. Yeah, you know, that, that I always knew that I, I always thought that it was Hicks that he had watched, but it was actually Kennison. It was Sam Kennison. Yeah. Uh, that that made him realize something that scared he could, him. It scared him, but also competitively, he said, "Well, I can just speak truth. Fuck it. Yeah, you know, I can." Uh, it, and and a lot of the stuff he was saying was just raw, unfiltered, you know, truth mm-hmm. about you know the hypocrisy of life. But because he had a cadence and this amazing ability to list things, yes, he did. Have, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm going to I'm going to tell you, and it's so funny. Apropos of nothing, yeah. Uh, Kelly, his daughter, is a friend of mine, sure. a friend of yours. Uh, one of his complaints about his mother was that she was always making lists. Really? <laughs> it's like, <That's> it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but what he took to that he, you know, he had such an incredible toolkit. Yeah. That he could take a a, a concept like the planet is fine, you know, and make it work. That he yeah. could. He could frame it into enough ways to sell it to an audience. Right. Uh, yeah. That that was what was really amazing. And um, and and he's a you know, you got to admire the guy had four different personas, four or five. But also, like he had accepted. It, he, what grounded him was the fact that he believed that that, that we were doomed. And that yeah. you know he was going to live within that, and that somehow or another in later life he, he realized he somehow figured out a way to experience some joy and and keep it on stage, whatever yeah. that other thing was. The the guy that lived there, right? The, yeah, the, well the, put. Yeah. So so, but what's interesting to me is I I look at that thing as you know a documentary about a guy that unfortunately no one listened to. Yeah, and and that you know for people to co opt him or or talk about truth telling when no comic. That I can see, uh, you know, I, I do what I can, but none of the big acts are really doing what he did no. because he, because they are playing into this tribalized nature out of ego. Yes, that 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 you know the biggest acts we have and people that are established as the greatest of all time or the new big guy are still doing some version of like you know look at these pussies or like please uh, take my wife. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just that's it. He was able to transcend his own narcissism. And I say narcissism in a way that we all are. Any comedian is a narcissist. Anybody who thinks that, you know, you know who everybody in this room should be looking at and listening to? Me. Yeah. And Um, I think that every president is a narcissist. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Sure. You You know who should be the most powerful person in the world? Probably me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Really? I don't Um, see anyone else who could do it. Yeah, I don't see anybody else around. (laughs) But he knew it, Uh, and he struggled with it. I think if you, I I don't think that that you know many of us are pathological narcissists in the in the clinical way, but we are narcissistic. Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's what I meant. There's Um, a couple of people that are pathological narcissists. Oh, there's a lot of people go right out of the handbook. Yeah. 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 And and it's scary, man. It's scary, and it's also. I mean, let's look at Lenny Bruce. Okay. Um, who's, you know, Carlin worshipped at the altar of Lenny Bruce, and he, he tried he tried to do what Lenny Bruce did. Well, you get, of- it's funny, like with both him and Pryor, uh, in in uh, shortly after they were both influenced by Lenny Bruce, you can hear the cadence. Yes, you can. It's wild. You can. Yeah. But what people, but but like Lenny Bruce, Lenny, the thing that brought Lenny Bruce down was he antagonized the court. And the Catholic Archdiocese of Chicago and the police department that was full of 
Catholics, and Catholics. also and also the judges and the judges, the whole yeah, and it was and it was all, but it was he goaded the Catholics, and because he was a drug addict, uh, he made himself vulnerable yeah. to uh, and and good law enforcement. And also, did you see that doc that really framed it around him? You know, calling a a, a judge uh, uh, on the take. Yeah, and that the entire fraternal order of judges were like, and there were, Fuck yeah, that guy. It's and it's right, and but it was also he has that great line: "Chicago is so corrupt, it's thrilling." Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and 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 you know that's what it was. And then he became obsessed with his own trials and tribulations. Yeah. And it gets to the point where he's reading transcripts yeah. on stage, right. which gave us some of the worst comedy albums of sure. all time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, the thing that people hold him up for as a martyr yeah. was not as good stuff. No, I think the best ones are, are uh, the Berkeley concert and Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And, right? and even American is a sure. brilliant yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Lima, yeah. Ohio. And stuff. Sure. Sure. But, oh, the early ones were yeah. just, a, you know, they, you can't even really hear the crowd. It's just jokes that were yeah. cut from different performances. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. jazzy. And, yeah, 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 and you know, these guys are but like the berkeley concert you sort of like i, gotta, I think i gotta take notes <laughs> i can't <laughs> yeah and carnegie hall was just amazing because he was so lit you know yeah 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 it was great but but then like reading you know reading the transcripts is like he's just now he's wrapped up in his own drama and, right and he became the focus of his comedy like his and and, and, and that was the father of yeah. alternative comedy but yeah, <laughs> no, okay. yeah. But it was just like it, it stopped being about, and he was a he got bothered by it because at, at that point the censorship was coming from the right. The censorship was coming from the Catholic Archdiocese yeah. of Chicago, yeah. and they were oppressing him. Now it's coming from the left. Yeah. And comedians that take umbrage at it are in a strange position because the job of the comedian is supposed to say the emperor has no clothes. Yes. You, you, uh, you and defend. now the emperor said, why are you against nudity? Well, you defend, yeah. and you defend the down, you defend the downtrodden. And yeah, that's a weird thing. Is that, is that interesting? You know, cause I mean, I know Carlin said that, but Natterman uh, of all people, had, you know, had tweeted something that ne- it hasn't left me about this sort of like, you know, comedy punches up and he's like, Historically, that's not really true all the time. <laughs> like, you know, if you look at slapstick and you look at, oh, sure. you know, like, you look at the nature of comedy, it's not always punching up. Um, I'm trying to find a good example. I'm trying to find a good example. Well, I mean, a lot of people made fun of everybody. I mean, ultimately, yeah. the message of Rick punches all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it didn't, but yes, punch sideways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You punch sideways. You punch. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You punch yourself. You, you, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was uh, as, uh, <laughs> you know, an equal, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, but it wasn't specifically, you know, now they find themselves feeling censored by the left, and so they hit back. Right. But, and I don't agree with the censorship part, but you need to be open to Conversation and society's growth. I, I will. I will use myself as an example. I was on a podcast several years ago okay. and said a terribly offensive thing about trans people, uh, about uh, Alexis Arquette, who was still alive at the time, and I saw her at a restaurant. Yeah, and, and I said a really shitty thing. Um, and uh, a trans uh, blogger uh, called me out. Yeah, and. I uh, listened to them and I uh, had them on. And then a lot of, I didn't know I had trans people that liked me. And you know, a lot of people too, I'm really disappointed. Da, 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 da. And so I had uh, this person on my podcast uh, named Shadi Patasi. Yeah. And uh, 
she kind of read me the riot act. And at the end, I realized like, oh, I'm the asshole here. You heard it. Yeah. And it was just like, I'm the asshole. I was completely wrong. And and it wasn't what was the nature of, of it. I just said uh, I I said did uh, I don't want to repeat it because I don't sure, want people okay. to quote uh, it. But uh, it was just it was dis- it was very disparaging uh, uh, about uh, 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 Alexis's appearance. I get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and, you're judging. You were objectifying and and dehumanizing. Yeah. It was yeah. awful. It was. All, it. I mean, it was. I didn't. Here's the thing. Yeah. I didn't think about it. I just said it. Sure. And there's a problem. I didn't think about it because. I didn't. I wasn't thoughtful. But but the interesting thing about us, because I have similar stories, and, yeah. and this is sort of where it's a good place to be with this conversation, is that, you know, I've I've done that too. But when you get called on it, your your gut goes like, no, I it's uh, no, I I uh, I'm right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's yeah. funny. Oh, what I can't say this. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I right. can't say this. Yeah, yeah, you can't. And I and uh and that was a situation where I could have absolutely doubled down. And go like, oh, so I can't say it. I didn't. I don't hate her. I didn't hurt her. Yeah. Didn't, like she can't take a joke. So right. if she can't, how's she going to live in society if she can't take a joke? Right. I'm, I'm here to help her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People say that. Yeah. People say that. Toughen and, up. Yeah. Um. You know, Joe Rogan said uh, he was he was using uh, trans humor to he was making fun of trans people or using a disparaging comment because he was trying to point out the when he got called on it he was just trying to point out the ugliness of the word to try to lo- lessen the word's impact right. uh, you know let them do that right. we, we know that word isn't good yeah and yeah. also we live in a culture that is so sort of bubble oriented and each community has and should have a voice and that's what you know, sort of brings people together that we have that capability now that these communities can speak for themselves so you can't rationalize using something destructive as as somehow integrating them yeah and look lenny bruce did it you know who's like lenny bruce nobody right that's what i was saying (laughs) and there's nobody like carlin right and that and that there's these sort of this boutiquing of issues that uh that people just i don't understand what they're defending but but this is they're defending they're defending they're look they're you you as they say in recovery you grow or you go and at a certain point people have a choice you can you can you can be a muppet on a stage or a muppet in the balcony but but, but <laughs> you know, right. i don't want to be statler and waldorf but but i think ultimately though it, it's they 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 defend because that juice of of aggravation of that being aggrieved at this idea that you, you're being censored or stifled, yeah. that becomes their point of view, and that becomes the selling point of what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. And it's hack, man. It's, it's super. Hack. Ha- it's super hack, and it's the same thing. I'm not. I, I, you know, it's the 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 outrage is the same thing that all of these hate groups have. It's just like, no, things are different. I don't want them to be different. Yeah. Let's go back to this mythological yeah. thing that never it happened. never existed. Yeah. It never existed. Yeah, but it's 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 the same thing. I don't want things to change. Sorry. Right. The only thing that never changes is the fact that everything always changes. Right. But the, <laughs> but but the the next step of I don't want anything to change is you know shut the fuck up. Yeah. Or, or I'm going to kill you. 
Yeah, and that's the that's the other thing that the I never saw stand up comedy as a particularly macho, you know, because no, it wasn't. And no, and I I mean I remember and look I have four older athletic brothers and a you know I you remember Rich Franchese? Yes, I do. You know, like when he showed up, I'm like, oh, they're coming. Here they are. <laughs> well, it started with Dice, but, but Dice said sure. it was a cartoon. But it, it but it was only it wasn't. It's so weird because like there's like you know Dice is funny sometimes, and I and I can't you yeah. know like I, a lot of these guys are funny. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean to shit on Rich. Rich was kind of a sweet guy. Sure. But like just as as the comedy nerdy guy, and I'm not really a nerd, but I'm I'm not yeah. like when he showed up with the bra. We're, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, we're not ripped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not ripped. Yeah, yeah. And, not working out enough. Yeah, and I don't. I and I never understood that. Even and again from. Uh, like uh, as from a writing point of view, like I also uh, I have two careers. I'm also a writer and yeah. I would never write a comedic character that was physically invulnerable. Yeah, that's not what comedy is to yeah. me. Yeah, it was always I mean, I know that he's he's not someone to uh, to, to hold up anymore. Yeah. But I, I, I think it was in. It was played against Sam or Banana. Yeah. There's an early Woody Allen movie yeah. where he's going to get the shit kicked out of yeah. him, and he kind of jokes his way out of it. And when I was 12, getting beaten up every day, um, I was like, I love this guy. Yeah. Because he made it okay to not well, be they, yeah. a tough guy. Yeah. And also, like, and all the comics, when, all the comedy when I was- no longer feel that way. <laughs> Reality and events have caused me to evolve my opinion. You know, where, you know, the comedy stars, even when we were in, you know, John Candy, John Belushi. Yeah. Uh, you know, these weird looking facts. And uh, who's a comedy star today? Uh, Ryan Reynolds, I guess. Yeah. Daniel Craig's kind of funny sometimes. Does everybody have to be an Adonis? No, he's the wacky Adonis. Yeah. Though. It's like. Yeah, he's got um, that. But those Canadians, yeah. You know, isn't Ryan. Uh, not, uh, yeah, they're all. Uh, yeah. But but show me who's a comedy star today that looks like a person. Yeah. That's why I love, loved the new season of Kids in the Hall. Oh, yeah. It's so. I'm watching it now. It's so. It's. It's actually I I I texted uh, uh, Kevin. Uh, yeah, uh, I was like, it's it's not only f- hilarious and still cutting edge. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, like none of those guys have been in the gym. They all look like human beings. You know, they look like yeah. me. Meanwhile, I woke up today. I'm like, fuck, I can't hike because I got to do Eddie Pepitone's podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, believe me, I work out. Just to, what do we think is going to happen? Just to st- well, I just don't like feeling s- s- sore and I stiff. I, I don't like I, feeling fat. Well, th- yeah, that that's a whole other conversation. But but, but going back to like this idea, and of I change. appreciate you not pointing out how fat I am. Yeah, no, you're doing all right. No, I know how I look. <laughs> <laughs> you work out later. <laughs> That's why I'm dressed. You, I, you know why I'm dressed? I didn't work out yet, but I, I didn't want to forget that I had to. Right, yeah. So I'm dressed. Yeah, sure. I'm, like right when you leave, I'm like, I'm going to struggle with the. I'm going to go to the mountain. I understand. I understand completely. But talking about this, like this, this difference between because like it's weird, and, and you and I are, are similar in that we've been doing this a long time. We know a lot of the guys that you know have gotten into trouble for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. We know you know guys who have faded away. We know what comedy looks like. You know when it comes back around, and you're like, yep. holy shit, what? 
have you been doing? Uh-huh. You know, are you all right? And you know that <laughs> yeah. there, there, there's a weird humanity to it all. Yeah. You, you, you yes. Know, and, yes. Yes. But it's like plumber. You know, it's like plumbers. They've been around. Sure. Hey, sure, you're sure. still here. Hey, how now, are you? What happened with the lawsuit? Yeah. Yeah. With the building that blew up. Yeah. 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 yeah I was. I, I saw a comedian in the airport. Yeah. And it was like, hey, what's going on? And my uh, my fiance was like, who who's that? Yeah. It's like, oh, his old friend. You've never mentioned their name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I saw him. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're both. It's it's yeah, like yeah. he was in my unit. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Like, I I saw Joey Kamen at the 50th anniversary of the Comedy Store. And I don't think anyone has been as excited to see him as I have. <laughs> I was at the 50th anniversary of the Comedy Store, and I was like looking at people, and I'm like, oh, I forgot who that is, and I'd go in the hallway to find the picture. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Bob Gollum. Yeah, Bob. Oh, yeah, Bob. Gollum. There's a, there's a case. <laughs> he's another guy. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. And I don't want to upset him. You yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I'm gonna you. say nothing. Yeah, because you don't want to get that text. It's like <laughs> I heard you talking to Dana. I'm like, oh my god. You, how, do you, how do you still have my number? But uh, <laughs> it happens. So, but but yeah. this is. But the, the interesting thing to me is, I got, that's why I printed this stuff up. Is I've had these moments where, you, you know, I'm not going to double down because I think that, you know, tolerance and, and engagement and, and learning and growing is important. And, I, and, I, and, I, and the example I usually use about language is that there's a reason we don't say these things anymore. It's out of respect. Yeah. And, and, and that we all are humans and we're all trying to, you know, uh, exist in the same plane here. But there is some weird othering going on and there is the yeah. threat of this other sort of tribalized comedy, you know, sort of hijacking culture. This is what, yeah. th- this is yeah. fundamentally, the, like a lot of us have sort of accept our boutique fame in that like, hey, I've got my thousand people or my 10,000 people. I've got my little show on a thing that nobody watches. I got, but we don't have the culture. So like, right. you know, I don't know, obviously everything is, is specialized in like people like Segura, who's one of the good guys, yeah. uh, you know, has created his own show business. And a lot of these guys create their own show business. Yeah. But that also feeds into the sort of like, you know, liberal Jewish elite Hollywood thing is that Hollywood has become really unnecessary for a great many people. And, you know, when I when I went back into it, when I went back into it from being in The Simpsons and I really had to get back into the business from a standing start. Yeah. Um. Who, I looked at you and I looked at Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah. And I was like, you guys have built your own boat. Yeah. And you've sort of mitigated the need for gatekeepers. Um, and that was what I aspired to do. Right. It's creatively challenging to adapt to new rules. Yeah. There are absolutely liberal excesses. You know, I don't like the idea of, you know, I didn't like that joke. Don't show that special. Yeah, no. I, I yeah. don't like that. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like, don't, you don't watch it. Yeah. They'll hear. There you go. They'll yeah. hear. Uh, that's how that works. Yeah. Um. Because uh, then somebody can decide they don't like what you're saying. And well, they yeah. can take yours off. But it's easy to gripe about new developments and rules and culture and all i see when i hear that you know about people complaining about trans people you can't say this you can't say that you can't do that now you can't say that now is all i see in my mind is bob hope and jack benny making fun of the beach boys yeah you know it's like i don't want to be that guy well, no, but I think that this kind of conversation has been happening. Cliff Nesteroff pointed that out since the beginning of comedy. Absolutely. It's always been an, an issue. But I, I think that, like, for me, it's weird because it's primarily in the stand-up. 
you know, here, and I think one of the ways that you and I have protected ourselves over the years is by talking exclusively about ourselves. Right. So, you know, if you're not stepping out there and saying this is fucked up or that's fucked up and this, you, you, you know, then you're not in that that dialogue. Well, it allows you to make the it also allows you to make a point without telling people that they're idiots. Like, right. I do a bit about guns and I have to say out of the gate, I own a gun. Yeah. And then I have a hilarious joke, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I say I have a gun because I live in a big scary city, and I'm afraid the day might come when I have to kill my family <laughs> or some people at work. Uh, but but what it does is it yeah. it inoculates the audience. I'm not saying you're a Nazi if you own a gun. Yeah, but then the people that hoard weapons, mm. and then even somebody that owns a couple of guns is not in that group because it's like, well, you you and I know. We're okay, yeah. but these people, yeah. and then if that, if that, if you are open, if I can make it so that you hear me, yeah. then later on you might have some, you might look at yourself and go, hmm, I'm kind of like that, yeah, you know, right, and and I will say, no, yeah, I do that too, you know, yeah. like, uh, 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 but, but, and like, I come from a family of gun owning Trump on uh, Trump lovers, yeah, I have, been, I grew up of, in New Mexico, a lot of guns around. My dad yeah, had guns. I had a gun cabinet in my bedroom as a child, yeah. because it was the only room in the house that it fit in. I, the first thing I saw when I opened my eyes in the morning was like <laughs> a dozen rifles, yeah. but none, and they all vote for Trump and they all love Trump, but none of them think you need an AR-15. Yeah. None of that. None of them. And these are cops and prison guards yeah. and people that hunt. Yeah. They don't like, you don't need it. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. You know, so sure. even the people that you think are, it's it's a, it's a minority of very loud moneyed people. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, I didn't get into this to be part of a, a group. I don't want to be in the comedy civil war. And I, yeah. And I don't yeah. want to be, and I'm not a comedy cop because I'm, you know, I'm a yeah. kind of a dirty boy. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I do, like I did a bit on my last special. I said, I'm about 85% woke. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the other 15, I keep to myself. And that's what being woke is. It's making decisions. Yeah. Around, you that's know. It's really brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be hundred percent woke. That's no, awful. I, I, I don't even know or, what that or, would be. Or, but you know, anything. Well, it's like it's that whole thing. Like somebody, uh, I, I believe it was Elvis Costello once described Jackson Brown as "fuck me, I'm so sensitive." Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to be that. No. You don't want to be that. But it's all part of this movement, and 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 I think that there needs to not. I like again. There's no civil war. But, you know, how do we, you know, how do we start to talk about this? Is it just the, that, you know, all these other communities have inclusive comedians like the, the gay G, uh, LGBT community has their comedians. Right. Native Americans have their comedians. Right. The Asians have their comedians. The Mexican. Like, is that the way it's going to work now? Is there just no way? The, to Balkan, the Balkanization of comedy. Yes. I, ever, I mean, it could be. I mean, comedy is a lot. I always say that like comedy is 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 like music. Yeah. And. You know, there are, you know, you could, I'm trying to even think of an example of like, you'd see a comedian. I shouldn't be on the same bill with that comedian. Right, right, <laughs> right. Totally different, totally sure. different sensibilities. Right. Um, and and it could be that it's like, yeah, there's a heavy metal comic. He's a alt comic. He's sure. a, you know, it could be. We, but we've all been um, on those bills. I, yeah. I guess like I'm just trying to land on this idea is that like what we said about before is that a lot of the people that 
you know, are part of the tribe over there. They they call themselves comedy fans, but they're the first to say, you know, fuck you. You know, you're not a real comedian. Well, it's like tell me something. Yeah, well, I don't I don't agree with that, and I don't find any of it funny. It's just you're just but whining. So but yeah, but you're but it's whining. like but those aren't comedy fans. They're, they're no, that's what I mean. They're, they're, they're like radicalized weirdos. Yeah, and they just they don't laugh. They yeah. I know. That's I know. not a. I know. And that's not to be confused with this response. Ah. No, that's a comedian's that's laugh. That's a comedian's laugh. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have no joy left in our bodies. It's right in the throat. Ah. Ah. It's an acknowledgement. Yeah. That's all it is. And you know it in the back of the room. The other one is- Oh, the comic's like- Funny. Funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I laugh more now, but I like the, but like I was addressing. <laughs> I have to. Tell, I had a very. What? I I've been very very lucky in my life, and one of the things that I got to do was I I got to work with Mel Brooks for a right. prolonged, prolonged period of time, and he was that was Mel. He would go, "That's funny." Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's a writer. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> but this idea of 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 I think that there 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 is some part. Of a of not a solution, but there is something about engaging in in the conversation because I've had a couple moments recently where I've had to rethink things because of of people being triggered in one way or another. Oh, interesting. That you know, because I don't really, I'm doing a lot more stand up and I'm right. starting to push again. I'm, I, right. I can feel myself pushing, mm -hmm. uh, like stepping out there and sort of like, all right, we're, let's get real, let's get more real. Right, and you have to do that. Do you? Do you and you have to do that? I'm assuming that you're at the point now where, like, you've anything new you got to try out, you got to put it 20, 20 minutes in. Because I don't know, I your I, first 15 to 20 minutes because you're you, yeah, they're gonna laugh. Kind of, I mean, but it's not, I can, like, I'm loose enough now and I'm doing, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not taking an opener, so I'm just, I'm riffing a lot, right? You know, and I'm just putting myself in the moment of, right. of what's happening. But you know the two things that cause trouble are, are oddly things that you know, will will just cause trouble. Like I, I I just told a story that I don't even know if it'll stay in the act. Uh, and I've done it. I've, I've pissed these people off before. Uh, you know where I, I kind of make fun of Hasidic Jews because uh -huh. I, I have a you know a, a, an honest problem with religious fanaticism sure. and and sex sect yeah you know, sects and uh you know i won't call them a cult but there is they're they're insulated and they're exclusionary yeah and they're you know there are problems yeah that i have with that yeah so i i made light of something you know where i made the assumption that i this hasidic woman i i saw who was probably 40 years old and was standing there with five kids uh looked despondent and lost and existentially drained and exhausted and and w looked like she was in trouble uh you know yeah. it, that was a judgment i made yeah, and, but the joke was, you know, and I thought for a second like I could save her, but it went away quickly. But but there, <laughs> it's part of a bigger story. And I, yeah, but I got a, an email from a woman who was a psychotherapist for that community. Oh my god! From she she her clients are people who live in religious communities, and that you know maybe you know that that I'm not seeing the full picture. That I'm being, you know, I'm I'm categorizing them in a way that's not true because a lot of people find meaning and joy in this and in the argument sort of unfolded with me going like well, well that may be true but it's still a, a religious cult in a way yeah. and it and it's misogynistic and they 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 uh, they create trauma in people that will last generations as a way of holding on to the community mm -hmm. and and she uh and i basically said i don't even know what you could be doing what are you treating because i see the nature of those communities pathological right so what are you treating 
you know, how could she be anything yeah. but an enabler? Right, right, in right. In my point of view. But that's my point of view. Right. So she goes, well, I guess we see it differently. And that's where it had to end. And I realized, like, all right, well, I might not need to make fun of them. But that was, to me, informative. Is that, yeah. like, you know, I can have this opinion and it's legit from where I stand because I believe it. Right. But, you know, and, I'm not being anti-Semitic. And- no, and you got no, and you and this woman are in. Tune. That's what I was being accused of, I guess. In oh. a way, is anti-Semitism. As a Jew, it gets touchy. Yeah, that, this that is not you. the time. <laughs> are I, they doing that enough? Yeah, yeah. You're also in two different realities. Yeah, it's weird. You know, yeah. That, that's where I go with a lot of, and I have the same thing about fundamentalist atheists. Mm. You know, it's just a different form of fundamentalism. So like, sure. you think I'm an idiot and I'm and I'm not uh, Yeah, I used religious. to do a thing about that. There are no atheist soup kitchens. So let's not quit. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like, so I'm an idiot because I think I know what happens after I die. Yeah. You, on the other hand, absolutely know what happens after you die. It's just that in your view, it's nothing. Yeah. But you know that for sure. Right. So you're not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, right, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a dogma to both. Yeah, is it possible that something beyond our comprehension could occur? Yeah. You know, I've said this a billion times. My dog cannot conceive of my computer, yeah. but they can be in the same room at the same time. It's possible that something beyond your comprehension can exist and you just don't see it. Sure, yeah. sure, and you're, we're all waiting for more information. We're all, right? yeah. Yeah. That's why I believe in the Hulk. Sure. And I'll die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the other thing that I got pushed back on from was talking about mentally ill person, about having sex with mentally ill people. Right. Uh, like I talk about this crazy woman and I say it's, I'm not saying crazy that women are crazy. I'm not yeah. using it in a misogynistic way. This was a mentally ill person. Yeah. And, and then I go off on, you know, just talking about borderline personality people. Right. I'm like, go look that up and see how many of those symptoms are hot to you. <laughs> and <laughs> it's my entire dating profile. Yeah, right. But but like I got a, a, a woman again, a therapist said she was at my show with a borderline person and she has borderline people in treatment. And I was being an ableist and oh, that, uh, you know, not all of them, because I basically say they're out there walking among us, oh, ruining dude, lives. Dude, I and, was <laughs> I was complaining to a therapist years ago, complaining to a therapist about somebody that I dated for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I said, this, this is and he reaches up on the shelf yeah. and opens up a book. And it says, read this. And I didn't see the cover yeah. of the book. And I just read. And I was like, that's her. <laughs> and he goes, now look at the spine of the book. Yeah. And it was the textbook of borderline personality. Disorder. Right. It, but, like, but, the, but but my point was is that they are out there walking among us without sure. with either fighting their their diagnosis or not knowing that they're out there just destroying lives. And well, and, and, it, and it, it, I know in my case it dovetailed because it's like, oh, my God. You know that I want to be loved, but you also know that I'm to be hated. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. But they, but they don't know what. But, but my point was that she, she, she said that like you know I don't if you're going to do that bit, you know you've got to take responsibility for your own mental illness. I'm like no problem. Yeah, have you seen my act? Yes. Yeah, and, and you know well, that, I, I need to continue doing that bit because again, but again, it's one of those things where I believe that I'm helping, but but I can I can easily see how it would be offensive. To a certain type. Yeah, but of what you're not, but what you're not saying is I don't understand why borderline people don't think I'm awesome. It's like you know, <laughs> but it's like these are like these are very nuanced things. Well, it's also anything can be awful. You know, I, I this is a, here's a joke. Here's a joke from my act, Mark. Yeah, I was at a restaurant. It was a vegetarian restaurant, and yeah. I mentioned that I was not a vegetarian. Yeah, this person said, "You'll eat a steak." I said, "Yeah, I'll have a steak." Oh, but you don't want to watch them murder the cow. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> I love my brother. I don't want to watch my parents fuck. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to drag everything back to the point where it's awful. Everything is awful eventually. Yeah. yeah. Everything, you can trace right. everything back to right. out of shape people fucking. Right. Um, and it's, it's all in... You know, when you're telling this story, you're talking about a situation that you had. You're not saying, you know, what the problem with bipolar sure, people sure, is. Like, sure. Bi- you know, it's like. No, I get that. I get that. I, and also there's a difference between, you know, assuming a position of of exclusionary ideology, you know, in defense of, you know, something that y- you think everyone should be. Yeah, and and it's all again because we are in a point where things are changing so rapidly, but you also and yeah, and so right. seismically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that there are things that you don't understand. The fact that you don't understand them doesn't make it wrong. You're in. It's you're just, just old. Yeah, or just yeah. like you're just not being thoughtful. Right. You know what I said uh, about poor Alexis Arquette was I wasn't being thoughtful being insensitive that's right. all and I and I literally I literally was not thinking of her well that's it that you I know? think that's there's a it difference. wasn't like but it's in, it's in a way it's worse it wasn't like I'm gonna say this thing about her it's gonna really suck it's gonna get back yeah. to her and ha ha I was like no nah, she's not a person nah, I'll just say this or don't we, but, but I don't even think it was that I think that there's a difference between being insensitive and being racist there's a difference yeah. between being insensitive or 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 a, a bit ignorant and being you know misogynistic ignorant, yeah. ignorant and thoughtless just right. thoughtless. Well, that's right but yeah. but sometimes yeah you got it that but that, but that then you then you listen yeah that's all i mean it's sort of like that that's good i never thought of that before there's yeah. got to be room for that yeah you can't call yourself progressive if you don't let other people progress right or 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 tell you that you're you're standing in the way of something yeah or that you're wrong about something right as opposed to just going like no fuck you yeah and i had you know i i did a bit in a special about the r word mm. and equating it with the n word and the c word sure and uh oh, it's the market so funny yeah. but uh and then but people Change. that yeah. very you know came after me and like wrote a letter to showtime like how could you air this and where i was literally examining the word no, I've done. I've done but I, my. I've done a right. bit about that. But yeah. I did have a. Th- I did have initially a thing like it's. It's just the R word. It, it used to be on signs. Yeah. It's like it's. It's not the same thing. Right. I can say it. Right. And then hey, what do you know? You meet people who have members of the family. Right. And it really mean. It really hurts them. Yes. And you go. Oh, okay. Oh, so wait a minute. Oh, I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's it. But that, but and you, and you put it in a special, so it becomes like that. That's the other thing is sort of like so now that's held up as he look. This yeah. guy is forever wrong. It's like yeah. I don't know. We all evolve. Like somebody like criticized a bit I did on Letterman years ago, and I have it on. You know, I think I have the video on my website. It's out there, and he says you might want to you know get rid of that because. Uh, and I'm like, no. No, yeah. I mean it's like there's nothing I can do about that. It is that what it a, is. It's like it's a different time. Revenge we, of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds ends with a date rape. That's the hilarious conclusion of the movie because it was made at a time when you could make that joke and it was so silenced that you know that people 
it was a different time. People had a different attitude. Yeah. Were they right? No. Was date rape less evil then than it is now? No. But this was made at a time when you did that and nobody even thought about it. As that. Right. So yes. do you delete the movie or do you hold it up as a as an example of, yeah, this is how fucked up our culture was. When it was insensitive. Yeah. This is how fucked up our culture was. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Groucho, I, I, Groucho I, Marx sings like Paul Robeson in Duck Soup. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Do you hate Groucho Marx forever? Yeah, exactly. At the time, that's <laughs> yeah. what people did. Again, I, the, what I always come, what I always try to come back to, is and I benefit from also having children that aren't white. Yeah, and uh, my daughters are Chinese. Yeah, and to to see the world through through their eyes and uh, and to be educated by them. That's it. That that's um, well. That's the that's the blind side of people who are narcissistic and not necessarily pathologically narcissistic. Is that you have to learn empathy? Empath empathy. Is, yeah. What, if there's anything that I don't and and the reason that I was so disturbed during the previous administration was that empathy became viewed as weakness. It's, it's so necessary. Uh, Tolerance and, and empathy yeah. are, are necessary for for collective democracy or community to work. But it's not. There is a large swath of our culture that has always been there. Only now, because of technology, they are organized yeah. better and broadcast. But there, they've always been there. The John Birch Society. Sure. And what we, no, we yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, that that view it as that view understanding and sympathy and empathy as weakness, and but also as like a threat. Yeah. That, as a, uh, yeah. Uh, to to white culture primarily. Yeah. That y you know we can't look at these people as equals. Right. And that's yeah that's the that's the danger and to see that codified is very disturbing to see that sure. like no it's good. Right. It's good. That that's that was the thing. Well, that's the fascism. That, uh, that well, that's the thing that, that really that mixed with you know no barometer of collective truth. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, right out of the handbook. Yeah. Right out of the handbook. I know. Nothing new. Yeah. Nothing new. But I like this idea of of because I had this experience at the uh, uh, at the African American Museum in in D.C. where it's sort of like. You can't. It, sometimes with other cultures or with other people, other ethnic groups, you you you're uh, 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 empathetically hobbled because you don't know their experience. So how do you put yourself in their place? So it requires right. education. It requires amount of an amount of listening. It requires yeah. being told you're wrong. Yeah, and to to sort of get hip to to what the experience was collectively for that other person or of that other group. Yeah. Uh you know with somebody who's just sort of like, you know, alcoholic or or has, you know, mental problems or, you know, a buddy, empathy is is similar because you know it's easier to empathize cuz right. you, you're in the same frequency. But a lot of us are not on the same frequency and it's on you. Yeah, I had no idea. Like I didn't understand why there was such an aversion in African American culture to the vac vaccinations. It's because I didn't have any knowledge of, oh, of well, the, the government never lied to me the and sterilization. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or Tuskegee or yeah, any of that yeah. stuff. It's like, oh, they have a cultural bias sure. that's well earned. Yeah. Not everybody, you know, not right. certain right. sections of certain cultures. Sure. Um uh and uh and again that's pure 
ignorance, not in a negative way. It was just like, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And that, and there has to be room for that. Uh, and, and, and I guess that's, we just have to keep plugging along with that, even in the face of people going, you know, who gives a fuck. Right. But it's also, there's a, but as a comedian, hmm. do that bit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You can yeah. do a bit about that. that. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. there's places you're not, he's like, what's good? How do we do comedy anymore? Well, you have to try. Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. work a little bit. Yeah. Find it. Yeah. You gotta find and, it. And that's, that's the challenge. I've had a couple breakthroughs recently. It's great, but that's it's, the it's, fun of yeah, it. Yeah, that's the, the fun, fun of is it. not making people go like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll use a you know limitations, whether they're financial or creative, yeah. are great. Yeah, you know, we both had shows on IFC. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of money. No, but we got you had to be a little creative. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, until you got frustrated and stopped. <laughs> yeah, until, <laughs> until you were told that you didn't want to do the show anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, well, I no, don't? I, I, well, I told them. No, I we had a different situation. Yeah. But like I came up with something the other night because I'm just trying to bend my brain into something, you know, to try to address certain things. And I, I've got this, this joke that I'm doing about ab- abortion clinics, but, but like I'm trying to set up the issue. And it just hit me two nights ago where I'm like, you know, why... You know the pro. Of course, women should be able to choose, but why? Why? why and, but I don't. What I don't understand is why more men aren't sort of talking about it. Because let's be honest, if you have any game at all, you've paid for one of these things, <laughs> right? Like you know, you've had the conversation. Yeah. So do what you want to do, but of course, how much? How much do you need? Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. need a ride? Yeah. And and then like, and then I said the line. I said, look, I'll fly back into town. <laughs> I can't. Well, hang on. Let me get my calendar. <laughs> but but uh, but the thing is, is like, you know, where are the it's not even that I'm being self-righteous, but, you know, it's not even a matter of allyship. It's just sort of like we're half of it's the a, equation. Right. Half of the equation. And that's a, it's a fundamental aspect of the human experience. I have to tell you this just because it's so to talk about how cultures changed. Yeah. Uh, flipping the channels. Airport. 1969. Yeah. Yeah. Dean Martin is a pilot. His wife drops him off at the airport. The first thing he does is he goes in and sees the stewardess he's sleeping with. Yeah. And she says, I'm pregnant. Yeah. His first line, we'll get you the best doctor there is. You're not going to some butcher above a drugstore. It's like, well, can we have the conversation first, Dean? Wow. That's yeah. an airport? That's an airport. And it's not a comedy. Like, that's... that's... A butcher above a drugstore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, it's, this is it's, uh, a, it's just a different uh, it's just a different time different time. I'm do, I do a whole bit about that. It's a stringer in my new act about my yeah. my 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 mother's boyfriend, who like the, the whole premise is like he thinks he's telling stories. He's not. They're they're not <laughs> stories. They're just bits and pieces, and you don't even know they don't land. They don't that's go so anywhere. Funny. That's not a story. And he, well, but I so, but I say you don't even know they're over until he wistfully says. It was a different time. <laughs> and I just, I keep hitting it. And it's like, it's hilarious. It just, it just, it eventually gets to the point where I, where I just, I do him and I, and I, and it gets to this point where I go like, he goes, let me tell you a story. I'm like, what? He's like, New York City. It's raining out. Different time. <laughs> With me, it's when people recount a dream that wasn't a dream. Mm. I dreamt that you and I were in Encino and you had to buy a tennis racket. That's not a dream. That can happen. 
Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Was one of us a, what was, was that, yeah, a yeah. giant worm? Did, did my arm flippers? Yeah, how is this? Make this a yeah, dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. <laughs> when are you getting married? I'm getting married in August to okay. a, 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 a beautiful woman who, uh, it was funny, I was really uh, sure I wasn't going to date anybody else, and then right. I met someone and I thought, well, she's way too pretty for me and she went for it let's give it a shot yeah 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 i've, I've done that one yeah yeah and uh, no it's great and yeah. it's a uh, it's uh it's a it's great to be in a healthy relationship where when yeah shit comes up we go okay yeah let's on un- uh, let's yeah. unpack that. As, you mean as opposed to stuff it until you blow up unnecessarily and about something else mm-hmm. and they're like why why are you so mad about that yeah i know how i'm gonna handle this with quiet Good talking to you, man. <laughs> Great to see you. Yeah. That was Dana Gould. His web series is called Hanging with Dr. Z. You can watch it at hangingwithdrz.com or check it out on YouTube for all my tour information and whatnot, wtfpod.com slash tour. Uh, if you're looking for a dog and you're in the L.A. area, um, go to my uh, Instagram uh, at Mark Marin, and look at the pictures of the doggy that uh, over at the uh, Pasadena Humane that uh, Kit loves. This dog Mimi, I think her name, is a a pit bull mix trying to get her adopted into a nice home. This won't be a regular thing on my podcast. She just is very close to the dog and wants to see it land in a good home, as opposed to land in the grave. Or land in a hole. Okay, let's play some guitar on my new banker, Leslie.
Lives, Monkey LaFonda, Cat Angels Everywhere. <laughs> 